What does death teach us about life? What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. We're brothers. We're therapists. We're not afraid of your questions. So bring it. Before we get into that deep question, quick review it says, wow, this podcast is eye-opening for sure. Something I, I'm learning so much. Acceptance is so much easier than expecting them to be a certain way. So that must be one of our major uh, topics that we go to. So, yeah, well, it, seems to, it seems to cycle around quite often. Yeah, it's all about acceptance. There's, There's a lot of freedom in that. You know, we could probably spend a whole other podcast on it if we want to. Yeah, no question about that. Who, who knows? Maybe this question will cycle us back around to it. <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah. Um, because it all comes back to acceptance. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, face reality, grieve, learn how to accept it. And that's where you find peace. It's that simple, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it's spoken, it's a lot harder to follow through with to get your whole organism that, that follows suit. Yeah. Um, all right. That's a deep question, Tyler. You're, uh, you're go going deep here. I guess I kind of had a part in deciding what the question was, but of course, um, yeah, well, it, it kind of comes off of the heels of just some things that have gone on in our own lives over the last week or so. And I think it's, I think these things have kind of made an impact on us and caused us to stand back and ask some questions questions ourselves and to consider our lives and and what they really mean and, yeah um, i mean just last week um i guess almost two weeks now but got a text message from our mom and dad that my uh my best friend when i was a child had had died um so he was just over 40 years old and died, he went, he went into the hospital on a Monday night, died on a Tuesday morning. And um, I haven't really seen him in about 10, 15 years. Um, we, we got disconnected and, um, but just, uh, just him dying made me stop. Stop from the, the day-to-day -day rigors of life, the day-to-day -day stuff that I do you know, it seems like weeks just fly by, just, you know, just doing my thing over and over and over again. All of a sudden, he dies, and it, it makes you stop and, and really look at your mortality, and, and what are we doing here, and how much time do we have, um, and what is, <clears throat> what is life all about? Um, and to go to his funeral and, and to see his life lived and, and his family talk, it makes you, you think about your legacy and um, what you're creating in, in this life. And so that's been on our minds. You, you knew him well. You knew his family well as, as well. They were our, our neighbors growing up. Yeah, so. it's, it's funny just as, you know, part of, part of what happened when I heard the news is that it just like flooded my mind back to all of the things. I mean, when you talk about a boyhood best friend, Brandon, it was, it was the kind of thing where you were raised as much by his parents as we were by our parents. And, you know, I remember, it seems like it all of a sudden doesn't seem that long ago that we were in the backyard of the old lady's house next to us, stealing her peaches off of her tree. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, and he was right there with us, you yeah. know, and, 
Yeah, he, um, he, he's one of those people that, um, just like you, like I don't remember not having you in my life. You just were there. You just automatically, um, and so I don't remember meeting him um, because I just knew him. He was just in my life. And, uh, and like you say, we, we were raised so close together. We were almost like family growing up. Um, and, and to get disconnected in adulthood, to be honest with you, Tyler, one of the, one of the strongest feelings I had at, at his funeral was regret. Um, I did too. Yeah. And, and I, it's hard because he was, he seemed to be disconnected from a lot of people. Um, but I just, it made me think about all the people that I love in my life that I, that I neglect and I don't check in with and don't tell them how much I love them. And I realized that we can't constantly, you know, we don't have enough energy to give love to everybody and take care of everybody. Um, but that feeling of regret really hit me hard. And it made me realize when I want to say I love you to somebody, I'm going to say I love you. Um, when I get an inkling to, to call an old friend that I haven't talked to in a few years, I'm going to make that phone call. Um, and I'm not going to hold back. And um, I mean, I'm going to, you know, the day that I die, people are going to know that I loved them. Um, and and that's, that's what I learned from, from last week. It's amazing how obviously it's a really painful, hard thing. And the grief is always such a tough thing. And it's one of those, it's one of those things that we're all guaranteed in our life is, is that we are going, <clears throat> we are going to lose people that we love. And, and one of the, you know, that's a terrible, hard thing that includes all of the grief process things, but, but it also offers the opportunity that you're talking about, Brandon, where you get to take a step back and you, we get to look at our lives and go, it's almost like a, a perfect opportunity for a wake-up call to, to any course corrections that could be going on in our lives. And I know that I felt some of the same things that you did with regret that not just with him, but with a lot of other people in my life, I, I let people move out of my life. And if I ever see them, even after years of not seeing them, it's like we can pick right back up and, you know, but, while we were at the while we were at the the funeral at the viewing, I bumped into uh, another friend of ours, Stuby. You know, did you get to see Stuby at the funeral? Uh, I went golfing with him on Tuesday. Oh, awesome! Yeah. yeah. So it was he brought back a whole bunch of other memories, and he was another one of our best friends. That you know, we sat and we had a great visit, and we hugged each other, and and had this really cool moment. But said, you know, I live in Logan, Utah. He lives in Salt Lake. He comes to Logan frequently. And for several years, we've never caught up or touched base. And now all of a sudden, here's this relationship again that might be worth fostering and might be worth taking care of. And so it sounds like he went golfing with you and he's going to come up and do some fly fishing with me, it sounds like. And, you know, and, and yeah, our lives are busy, but, but this offers this opportunity for us to go into ourselves and say, what's it all about? Like, for me, for me, one of the things that, that has happened in all of this is not just the regret of the relationships that I haven't nurtured, but it's caused me to pause and step away and go, would I change how I'm living my life right now? Are there, yeah. are there certain things that, 
often seem so important that really at the end of the day, they just, they're not. Yeah. And should there be other priorities <clears throat> that, that could use my time and my energy that would be far more productive towards how I, how I want to be known and the legacy that I want to leave on this world. You, you could die today. Um, our, our grandpa, um, healthy as can be, fell off a cliff. That's how he died. <laughs> he was 85. Healthy as can be, just got remarried. Life was going well. Life was over. Boom. And he would always say, sometimes, you know, your, your number is called or your number is up and life is over. And you could die today. I could die. I mean, lightning strikes, boom, um, car accident. Like, uh, and I'm not saying this to be, to be like, say, live in fear. But the fact of the matter is, is all week long, I've been saying to, to my kids and my family and the time is now. Um, have, have you ever seen that Shia LaBeouf um, stupid thing where he's like, <laughs> just yeah. do it, just do, do it. it. So my kids have been like doing that to me. Like just, you know, yesterday you said tomorrow. <laughs> um, so my kid, because I've been saying like, Hey, the time is now. And they're like, just do it. Just, <laughs> but the, you know, uh, the fact of the matter is <coughs> what, what, why not now? Yeah. Um, why not love with your full heart right now? Um, why not give it all you got right now? Why not go for that, that risk, that business venture, that, that, uh, that adventure in life? Why not now? Like now is the time. Is it not? Yeah. It's well, because it brings it all back to, to the moment, which is, is that the only place that we really have to have any sort of life. And I'm sorry, I'm a little bit emotional myself today um, is, is the moment that we're living in. I mean, Brandon, right now, the only thing that we really have is this conversation. Now. That's it. And if, if we're worried so much about, and I know I, I got some of the aftermath of, of what's happened for you. Cause you called me and gave me the, uh, I you, know, it a little bit. You, you gave me like, I was probably yeah. a, a 20 minute lecture about all the things that I should be doing to change my life. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, true. Do, I did, I did call him and give it to him. Uh, <laughs> and, and I appreciate that because a lot of what you spoke was the truth, you know, and, and, and having had this stuff happening, it's falling on a different set of ears. That's going, yeah, you know, there are some things that I need to contemplate and I need to think about, and they're hard to hear because, because change is painful and change is hard and loss is painful and loss is hard. And yet it does offer us lots of opportunities. I mean, I'm thinking of the very first, the very first bit of loss that we ever really had in our life. And I'm sure you'll remember this because you had his collar up in your room all through <laughs> yeah. our boyhood is. Our, our little dog Brewster when how old how old do you think you were you, you know it's funny as as I went to this funeral this family was kind of they're kind of like man when your dog died you wailed for like a week <laughs> <laughs> I was I can tell you I was 10 years old I was in fifth grade it happened on November 13th at about six o'clock he got hit by a car um I, I I know I know when he died because that was my first real experience with with grief um, my dog dying. So it hit its trauma. It hit me really hard. Mm -hmm. And you, and you have some, and that probably was one of the more traumatic things that happened in your boyhood, you know, among other things, but um, inside of that, there's also, there's also some learning that, that we get afforded. Absolutely. Where, you know, um, 
And I, I remember feeling as much pain because you, you were the one who kind of loved Brewster the most. I remember feeling pain for myself, but I also remember feeling a lot of pain for you because of, because of how big of a loss it was in your life. And especially right. with all of the things that were going on in your life at the time too, where Brewster was basically like a, an emotional support animal. Oh, he was, yeah, he was you. very, 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 very important. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, I think about knock on wood, um, out of the, the three of us boys in the family, um, Brewster was, was, uh, my big grief, but you know, our, our other brother lost his girlfriend. Um, Tragic. You, you lost your good friend and watched him die basically in your arms, um, in high school. So there, like there was tragedy that happened in our family and, um, and grief and, and, and it really, when those things happen, um, you know, you you try to make sense of them. Um, but it doesn't seem like they should have happened, but those things happening each time they happen, whether it was Brewster dying or your friend falling off the roof. And I felt the same way. My pain was more for you than, than it really was for him. Um, or Rex's girlfriend dying, um, as crazy as those times were that it, it, it brought this sense of awareness and this sense of peace and, and this sense that, that, Hey, there's something bigger going on here than just living, breathing and eating and, and, and doing our thing. And another thing that it did each time was just bond us closer together and feel you feel more love when you're in pain like that than you ever feel. Um, and so as weird as this might sound, I'm very grateful for those experiences um, because that's part of living is to feel pain on those levels. And I'm sure I got a lot more pain to come and I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm willing to face it and I'm willing to, to experience God's love in it um, as it comes. So, um, and I think Brandon, that's beautifully said, and I, that's maybe one of the biggest takeaways that <clears throat> that I was thinking about with death and what it really offers us in life is truly a deeper sense of connection to, to, to other people, to God, to to our own hearts and our own minds. Um, I remember having an experience that, you know, I I attended, you know, your your mother-in-law's funeral when mm -hmm. she passed away of cancer. And I didn't really even know your mother-in-law that well. I was there 100% really to show support to, to you and to Jenny. And, and yet I was sitting in the funeral and your mother-in-law used to sing for the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And so she was fortunate enough to have a amazing choir and a, an amazing choir at her funeral her funeral and was the, the most amazing it was the most amazing thing. experience yeah. and and i remember sitting kind of towards the back there and having this just for a few minutes this almost ultra transcendent moment where i felt this deep deep sense of interconnection and just pure whole love for everyone else in the room for for god 
And even this sense of like deep sense of self, it was like, it, it was like a transcendent. What was that? Was that during me. how great thou art? Yeah. During, well, oh my gosh, how great I, thou art. I, I, you get, I just got chills. I, I felt it too during that song. And like, it, it was this powerful energy of connectedness, love, um, peace, God's love. And, and the, the music was just incredible. The organ player was, <laughs> music brought the energy in and brought God in and, and all the singing and connect. It, it was so incredible. One of the best experiences of my life and sounds like yours too. Yeah, it was a pretty powerful thing. And it's amazing to me that, you know, because of our, our capacity as human beings for, <clears throat> for empathy and our drive, our inner drive for connection, you know, as you were saying, these, these terrible things that happen only drive, have the potential to drive us closer together. You know, it says, you know, we quote this all the time, but a friend is a friend for a mile or two, but a brother is born for adversity. And there's something in that adversity when you go through it, where the people that go through it with you, it's almost like, it's almost like some type of a, a cement takes place in the bonds of that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember with like my buddy, Sean, when he died, there were four other bo boys with me when, when it, the accident happened and um, we've all gone our separate ways, but there's still this like tie and this bond with having gone through something like Back that together. with them. Yep. Um, yep. It, it's, uh, it, it's interesting because I was a, I was a hospice social worker. That's where I first became a therapist is I, I did uh, death and dying. I, I dealt with grief. Um, I also dealt with a lot of case management around death. So what, what that means is I dealt with helping families figure out the logistics of things. And um, it was really fascinating because, um, and I was over in Hawaii. So the culture in Hawaii is different um, than, than a lot of places. It's actually amazing. Um, but it was, it's fascinating to watch the different families um, sometimes death would bring them together and the logistic part of things would be easy. Um, they'd celebrate life together. They'd cry together. Um, they'd feel love together and they'd wait for their loved one to die. And, and it was beautiful. And, and I was a, I was a therapist for families of loved ones who were, who were in their thirties who were dying of cancer um, or loved ones who were really elderly or, or, or whatever. And it didn't really matter the age, um, the, the energy was good, or it was horrible and it was chaos. And what usually was happening is they were resistant to death. They, they, they didn't want it, they fought it. They, they, the family fought it, that caused contention amongst the family, um, caused selfishness. And they fought and it, and it, it really, it, it brought out one way or the other um, with these families. I had to a couple of times get very um, blunt and direct with people of, you need to stop right now and focus on the fact that your loved one is dying. The drama with each other needs to stop. All of this needs to, to die down and just be right now just let it with, be. with them. Um, but I would say, Tyler, coming back to what you said has to do with acceptance. Um, if you reject the reality that, that there's death, then you're going to suffer. 
if you accept the reality that there's death, then you're going to feel peace. Um, you know, Pima Chodron, she says, if, if our entire life is spent trying to not die, then we're, we're not going to live. You, so if you, if you can't live, you can't live. So if you accept the reality that we're going to die, then you can live. And you can be grateful for each day and the life we have, but also look forward to and be grateful for the time that comes when we die. Right? Right. Because it's just inevitable and it, and it will be what it is. Yeah. Right. As you're talking, I'm like, for some reason, I'm having Tim McGraw's live like what you were dying, like roll through my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, his new song, Call Mama. So make sure you make, call her and when you're sitting down by the river eating a Slim Jim. <laughs> you heard his new song? Yeah, I, I, I've heard it. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, so, so, you know, be, get, be contemplative and live like you were dying. Yeah. Yeah that there's it's funny because you could almost break it down to those, to those couple of songs and have a pretty sweet life <laughs> he's he nails it he, he nails it and he's married he to faith it. he's married to faith hill so he really nails it yeah. like he life is good for tim yeah um, <laughs> um so yeah i think uh you know here we are just just kind of contemplating about life but um I would say if anyone's listening and, uh, you know, you kind of heard our personal stories and what we're going through, um, make that phone call today to somebody that just pops into your mind. They're, they're not, they're popping into your mind for a reason and, uh, or, or love on your kids just a little extra today. Give them a little, give them a little more effort and a little more time and energy than, than your Instagram account. And I'm not saying that to shoot on you. I'm just saying like live, connect be with your family. Um, because to me, that's what it's all about. It's all about love. Um, it's all about connection. It's all about, um, feeling God's love through you for others. And so that, that's what death reminds me to do. And that feeling that we felt at Peggy's funeral, um, that was that feeling of connectedness to each other. So, yeah, same man. I, I think just Brandon, what you're saying, if, if if our listeners, if you were to just ask yourself the question, like if I was, if I knew I wouldn't wake up tomorrow, if tomorrow never comes, yeah, hey Garth, there you go, some Garth yeah. Brooks, yeah, which is which is your man, you know, oh, <laughs> but, is he ever? But uh, no, really, I mean that that if you really ponder that question, it doesn't take very long for an answer to settle in, and it might be that name of that person I'd want to call, or that person that I want to give a hug to, or this thing that I would need to want to go do, or and, and I would bet that most people, when they answer, ask that question to themselves, their natural response that would come in would, would often, in fact, most likely be relational. Yep. It, it would be something to do with someone else, the people that you love, whether that's laying down a resentment that's held on for a really, really long time, or whether that's calling somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time and telling them that you love them, or... Or calling like, your brother and reaming him about his workaholism. Or, or like, yeah, or like saying, man, I'm living, but my brother's not, so I better hurry and help him try to live. <laughs> right? But and it might be that, though, because, because it would be different for every one of us, but I would bet that it, in, in almost all cases it would be relational because at the, at the end of the day, that's, that's really what this life is about. 
you know, when we look at, when we look far from now and um, you look at transcendent people across history and when you think about your own life, all of us want to leave some type of a legacy. All of us want to have some meaning or purpose to our life. And the only, the only things that ever actually really potentially last is ultimately how you make a difference in somebody else's life. And, you know, whether that's inventing the light bulb or doing therapy for a single person or whatever, that's the only thing that has the potential to have a legacy that lives on beyond our mortal existence. Right. And, and if we don't take some time to really contemplate that and contemplate the gifts that we've been given, the unique recipe that we have to make a difference in the lives of other people, then we're selling ourselves short. Right. I agree. So. All right, Skillet, this has been good. Oh, I call him Skillet sometimes. That's like my <laughs> nickname for him. Um, this has been good. I, I actually love the topic of death. Um, I think it's a, it's, it's an, death is an awesome part of, of our living experience. So it's, it's really interesting, Brandon, because, you know, when most people hear, oh man, there's this funeral to go to or somebody that's dying, most people are like, oh, I hate going to funerals. I don't, but we were raised in a home where it's like, you remember dad, he would pull out the newspaper and he would like highlight the people that had died. And then he like, couldn't wait to go to their funerals. Like if there's something that our old man loves more than anything, it's a good funeral. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and so we've, we've kind of been taught this and we've also had some experience with death that has kind of forced this upon us, but you know, can there, I, can, uh, can I share a story of mom and dad? And I, I don't think they'll mind me sharing, but um, we, we went to the viewing and um, the, the dad of this, this kid came up to our dad and said, Hey, I was, I was expecting you to call me all week. Like, where have you been? And my, and our dad said, well, I didn't have your number. And he said, you know, plenty of people with my number. And it was interesting because, and, and mom, she, she had actually reached out to the mom, but she, she talked about how hesitant she was of like, this is awkward. Their son just died. I don't know. They what hadn't talked do. in years. And, um, but she did it. And then after that conversation, she talked about that, that, that the dad had with our dad, she talked about how grateful she was that she followed through on her intuition to do it. And I, you know, it just comes back to what you were saying about how dad, dad, you know, he, he reads the obituaries and goes to funerals. I think a lot of times in times of death, um, we feel awkward, we feel uncomfortable, and we want to give space and shy away from giving love. And I would, I would say to, to challenge that a little bit. I, uh, uh, I totally agree with you, Brown. And I, I learned this lesson the hard way, and this is one of my life regrets. But um, remember when Uncle Dave was dying mm -hmm. with cancer, and I was looking at my schedule and we just got the news that he was dying. And I thought, okay, well, he's got a couple of days to live. What do I do? And how do I get my time off? And so I chose to like take some time off before he died to go down and I visited him and had this visit. And then he died like two days later. Yeah. And then I justified, well, I've already said goodbye. I've already talked to him and I didn't show up to the funeral. I went to work instead of going to my uncle's funeral. And, um, one of the life lessons that I think I've learned as that experience is, is that there's, there's very few things or gifts that you could really offer somebody than to show up at the funeral 
so that the family has that ability to grieve and connect and and if you want to if you want a chance to join with somebody and to connect with somebody you show up at their funeral and so uh, about a year after uncle dave died another one of my good friends where we used to live in idaho his father died and i didn't really know his father that much but i had just heard through the grapevine that his father died and so i did take the initiative to go and find out when the funeral was and I didn't call him immediately, but I showed up at the funeral and I haven't seen this friend in a couple of years. And when I walked through the door to the viewing, his knees almost buckled and he started to cry and he just came walking over to me and said, you, you, excuse me, you do not know what it means that you showed up here today. Yep. And um, it was nothing. It was a three hour drive in my car. And, and now there's a feeling of brotherhood that got forged even deeper because you showed up Yep. and there's something about showing up in that time of loss for somebody that just does something that, that really, really makes a difference and it matters. You know, when grandma died, um, Chris and Jared, they sat in the back corner of the chapel and sat through the entire funeral. And there was some pretty um, difficult talks to sit through (laughs) (laughs) Um, at that funeral and it was a long funeral and they sat there and this was our you know 95 year old grandma who had alzheimer's for 15 years they didn't know her they didn't know her at all they're just a couple of your buddies they just cared about but isn't it interesting that i remember that they sat through her entire funeral um that that really meant something to me and and i'm sure to rex and so it's yeah i've i've been on i've been on both sides of that coin and um, I think uh, don't don't when when your friends are in pain, don't don't run, um, run toward, run toward them. So yeah. All right. Um, thanks for listening, guys. I know yeah. I, we hope we haven't depressed anybody today. <laughs> this um, isn't our typical episode, you know. But we hopefully it's hopefully there's something beneficial to you here. I think there's definitely some principles of truth in this in what we've been talking about, and. Uh, I challenge you guys to take the challenge Brandon just offered that you consider if you didn't wake up tomorrow, what would be the one item on your list that you want to make sure you took care of and then follow through with it. Don't let the sun go down before you follow through with whatever that impression is. Absolutely. No poem today, Tyler. Uh, we'll leave the poetry out of it. Today would be a really good one for some poetry, but we'll let it, we'll <laughs> let it slide today. Uh, well, we could always quote Garth, you know, if, if tomorrow never comes, will she know how much you loved her? Did you try in every way to show her every day that she's the only one? That's it. So. <laughs> well done, Brandon. Uh, thanks, Garth. Thanks, we'll see guys. you guys. We'll see you.